Hello, listeners. Mandy here. Before we get into today's episode, we would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast and what you'd like to see us cover in the future. It will only take a couple of minutes and will really help us out. You can go to worthy.com forward slash survey and you will be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. Submissions must be received by September 30th, 2023 in order to qualify. Thank you. And now on to the episode. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about overcoming your guilt from your divorce. And my guest today is Tonya Carter. Tonya is a relationship exit strategist. Tonya loves helping women navigate the process of uncoupling, focusing on helping them to detach from previous experiences. Tonya is a firm believer that we all have the right to move forward and to create a new life that we might never have imagined we couldn't have. Welcome, Tonya. Thank you so much, Mandy. I appreciate you having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to have this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. Um, I wanted to lead off with, like, I just I'm curious, how common do you think it is for people to feel guilty about getting divorced? I think it's very common. I think it's extremely common for most people to to get a divorce because of a few reasons. When we think about marriage, we we think about a promise, right? And so when you break that promise, there's a level of thinking that maybe you didn't hold your end of the bargain. Okay. There can be some, a common guilt of even thinking you failed your kids. Right. You know, having a home with both parents. I think that's mostly, I think that's everybody's goal. I, I think that's what everybody craves and desires. So disrupting that dynamic, you feel like you failed your children. And then there's that big concern that your children are going to encounter after that. Maybe you are in this, well, maybe if I did this or maybe if I did that, that would if, that shoulda, that woulda, coulda thing that we stay in. Maybe we miss, we feel like we missed some detail that could have changed the outcome of this. So we live in that space. There can be some violation of trust that happened that created some guilt too. So it could be infidelity. It could be abuse. It could be lying, broken promises that were created. I mean, so much can stir and create an emotion of guilt. Right. I agree with all of that. And I was thinking as I was preparing for this, I was wondering whether there's a distinction between if like 80% of marriages end by a unilateral decision of one party. And so if you were the person who makes the decision, do you think you feel more guilt sometimes? Do those people feel feel guilt more often than the people whose 
spouse made the decision. So we're talking about the dumper. Yeah. The person who made the decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely can feel guilt because, you know, here's the thing. Guilt is a is a normal emotion that I think displays empathy and compassion more than what we might want to realize it does. I think it's we, we think guilt is something we shouldn't feel, but I believe that that's something you should allow yourself to feel. It helps you realize that you're a human being. You may not want to be in this marriage anymore. And you may know that this other person doesn't feel that way. So the guilt of breaking up or dissolving this marriage will bring some sense of guilt. That just kind of comes with the territory, in my opinion. Well, I love that you just said, I hadn't really heard that before, that guilt is because you feel empathy and you feel compassion. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes you human. Right. And so that makes it feel like, well, guilt would be a normal a normal response to this difficult, challenging situation. Right. What makes it problematic is when you stay there and when you live in it and you it takes over you and it takes control over you. That's when it becomes problematic because it doesn't give you the ability to overcome. Okay. So if you're looking to overcome that guilt, where do you start? Do you start by drilling down and really peeling back those layers of the onion to say, why is it that I feel guilty? What is it that's making me feel guilty? And realizing it could be a number of different things, not just one. Right. It can be. I think one of the the first steps is to really give yourself grace and genuine grace. I think that's really important. And when I tell people to do this, that's giving yourself the ability to choose. Because when you say, I'm going to give myself grace. You're giving yourself a level of space to help you move beyond this experience. Okay, because we're talking about overcoming now. So that means we want to move past this current feeling. So giving yourself this grace, it helps you begin the process of disconnecting from this emotion that doesn't display self-love and self-acceptance. So even though guilt is a normal reaction to have, prolonging it and lingering in it doesn't display a level of self-love and self-acceptance. And so sometimes the issue becomes in giving ourselves grace is believing that we don't deserve it. I don't, well, I don't deserve grace. Well, nobody deserves it because it's not necessarily a deserved act. It's not something you earn. It's not saying, okay, if I do this, then grace is given to me. That's not the exchange. This is, it's not transactional. It's just something that you you get just because of you being a human being. It's a practice that everyone should put in their lives because it helps you realize that you're human. You're not perfect. You're flawed. You have, you know, we, we all are. It just comes with the experience of being a human being. So giving yourself that level of grace creates the space to do what you just mentioned in terms of maybe asking ourselves the tough questions, you know, get into the root of things. Giving yourself grace recognizes, as you said, we, we're humans, we make mistakes, mm-hmm. but it's also you're at that point of recognizing that you can do things differently. Absolutely. That's the thing, too. So grace does all of that, right? Grace allows us, again, seeing beyond our past. So I encourage people to feel it. I tell people all the time, you need to feel you need to feel the emotion of guilt if, if that's how you feel, because that's a huge part in overcoming. Right. Feelings are indicators. It te- it's telling us something. And it's a, it's like a compass. It's like a moral compass. It's allowing us to see, like, why am I feeling this way? OK, but also in that it's letting you know that this is normal and how we can be mindful on going forward on how we are relationally. 
not to mention it elevates your emotional intelligence. That's important. <laughs> you know, that EQ that quite a few of us may lack because maybe we weren't ever taught to feel our feelings or understand feelings. Like I didn't grow up in that dynamic. And what I find is that a lot of my clients didn't either. So practicing the art of feeling is a new experience. And so- I didn't grow up like that either. <laughs> right. You know, and so we don't, we didn't talk about feelings and all those things. So this also elevates your EQ. And that's really important in navigating not just your relational life, but all areas of life. So when you're able to do this, you're able to ask yourself the question of what are you feeling guilty about? And that's what we have to know. Like, what are we really feeling guilty about? Because there can be some things that you actually did that you feel guilty about. But there also can be things that you didn't do that you're taking on. That's not your responsibility to take. I'm glad you said that because I think on the feeling guilty about some things, I think there's a portion of feeling guilty about your divorce that comes from having bought into societal's expectations around marriage being forever until death and in sickness. And there's like no, there's no checklist that says it's okay to end a marriage. So, and then also society's expectations of growing up in this like a house with a white picket fence and two kids and this like notion of what is a family. I'm curious, how do you counsel people to overcome guilt when it's rooted in those having accepted those societal expectations or perhaps they, they were from from your family? Okay. And I think that's a good question. So one of the things that I challenge people to to do is learn how to explain what they're feeling, right? Because this may be new, a new experience for people to be vulnerable, right? That's like foreign for a lot of people. So when you're expressing why why you're feeling guilty, you're still allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And that's being honest about what it is you're, you're feeling guilty about, right? Maybe you feel guilty that, okay, maybe I should have mentioned going to marriage counseling sooner, right? Maybe that's what you feel because you think that maybe if we did this earlier, then I could have saved my marriage. That that could be a normal response. One of the things that's important that I always lead from is a place of broadening our perspective about things and challenging the belief that we're telling ourselves. Because even though that may be the story we're telling ourselves, that may not necessarily be the truth. There may be a limiting belief that we're holding on. And so we got to challenge that story and learn how to reframe things so that way we can set ourselves free from that. So it's basically saying, hey, let's reframe that. Let's not live in this place of shoulda, coulda, woulda, because now we're creating that maybe a false reality in our heads that don't necessarily exist. And so we got to be mindful of, of the story that we're telling ourselves, specifically if it's something that we thought we could have done to change it. Now, on the flip side, if it is something that you actually did do, because that's true, like the hardest thing is really owning up to the accountability that you do play in things. And that can be a, a range of things. However, even if it is something that you did, learning how to forgive yourself is a level of action, too, that I don't know whether or not if people kind of understand in terms of overcoming guilt, learning from the experience. So that way, moving forward, you don't have to keep doing what you probably know wouldn't work, right. if that makes sense. Right, right. So I have uh, lots more questions for you, Tanya. Sure. Uh, we're going to take a short break here. Listeners, my guest today is Tanya Carter. Tanya is a relationship and exit strategist. She helps women navigate the process of uncoupling, focusing on helping them to detach from a previous experience. 
You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back. Do stay tuned for more wisdom from Tanya on overcoming your guilt. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your ring from a symbol of the past to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything, from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, visit worthy.com. We're ready when you are. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about overcoming the guilt from your divorce. My guest today is Tonya Carter. Tanya, before we go back to our conversation about overcoming the guilt from your divorce, I saw on your website that you have a free download, your next chapter, Seven Ways to Thrive After Divorce or Breakup. I wondered if you could share with our listeners more about that and how they could get that download. I thought it seemed like it was a really helpful resource for them. Yeah, I do speak from a place of thriving because what I find is that it's easier or it's easy to be in this form of survival mode and you could find yourself going through the motions. You could just be on this thing called autopilot. And so thriving disrupts all of that. It helps you get more into a conscious state to see what can you do to really move beyond what has happened to you. Because what happens is when an experience takes place that we didn't plan for, that was very unexpected or it just didn't align with the life that we wanted to see or create, we can easily forget that we have the ability to change the narrative. And so the the guy is just really given seven things that you should start doing to purposely shift into a mindset of thriving. And so I created that based upon that because I'm all about thriving. I know that there's a seat, there can be a season of survival mode, but I want people to make it be a season. I don't want people to stay in this cycle. It's easy to do, like, because you think about the kids, you go into this survival mode because when, again, I always tell people divorces are disruptions and you can easily go into survival mode. I got to take care of the kids. I got to do these things. And I'm, I understand that. But then I don't want people to feel like there's nothing else beyond this. And I want people to start thinking beyond. And it sounds like that would be a great thing to do, maybe. And I know that's kind of beyond this topic of our conversation together today, but before getting involved in another relationship. And you can't see her, listeners, but Tanya is laughing. Listen, <laughs> did you want me to talk? Was that a question for me to answer? I have so much about that um, in regards to another relationship. Do that work before you get into another relationship? I agree. I can see how easy it is to get into another relationship. And I say that because of, you know, divorce can make you feel rejected. You can feel you know, you're maybe looking from some level of validation because you might feel very inadequate right now. You could be questioning everything about yourself. So that instant validation makes you feel important and makes you feel like you matter. And you lead from that place and you can end up constantly making decisions that you really shouldn't make. And so I do recommend for people to, you know, take a step back and readjust your life because by divorce being a disruption, it disrupts a lot of things. Your your family, your kids, your finances, your plans, the family. So there's a lot of different layers 
than just a couple, right? There's these other layers that we need to allow ourselves to unpack a little bit. It's not about being 100% whole. I always tell my clients that because they'd be like, do I got to be 100%? I'm like, no, nobody's 100% whole. <laughs> but we, we got to tackle some of this residue that comes from these experiences of life that we encounter and divorce is one of them. It's a death and you need to allow yourself to grieve it unapologetically because you don't owe anybody the ability to be strong in your time of hurt. I'm very adamant about that because I think sometimes we we have a good facade of wanting to be strong. That brave face on. Yeah, because depending on how you grew up too, if you grew up in that environment where pushing through and being strong was the motivator, you'll overlook that this was an experience that changed you. And it's okay if it changed you. It should change you. The question is, how is it changing you? And that's what I challenge my clients to do. Like, what did you limit yourself to that you didn't even think this divorce did? You know, did you think now that you're a single mom that you you can't make the money you need to provide for your family? Do you feel like I couldn't get remarried again? Someone else couldn't love me? Like, we tell ourselves a lie based on an experience. And we will feed into that lie and not even realize that that's what we're doing. And so I think that overcoming the guilt is part of that overcoming the disruption. And the danger of not overcoming the guilt is that you'll repeat those patterns. That's a question. You you could repeat those patterns. You could stay stuck. You could self-sabotage. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do when you stay in this place of guilt. I mean, not to mention from a physical place what it can do, do to you internally. I don't know if people understand how emotions impact your, your your physical health as well. So it can do a lot of different things. And I think one of the things it does is that it puts you on an everlasting punishment and you don't allow yourself to be free from it. Wow. That's a, a strong phrase. I mean, powerful phrase, everlasting punishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be your your top strategy for starting to overcome feeling guilty? Okay. Again, one of the things is giving yourself grace. Then that's deciding to choose that because I want to overcome this, I'm going to extend myself grace so that I can create space to move beyond this experience. So this is a conscious choice that you may have to do every single day because that's the power of choosing. So this is what I tell people to do. That's the first thing you need to do. Another thing is acknowledging the feeling because I believe a huge part of overcoming anything is acknowledging something. So there's a level of awareness you have to give yourself about how you feel, understanding that it's normal, meaning that it also displays humanity, in my opinion, when you feel guilty. It means that there is some care and compassion about maybe what it is that you're feeling guilty about, which is the third step. What are we feeling guilty about? Because that's so important. Is this something you really did or is this something that you are telling yourself could have been better if this would have happened? Or are you taking responsibility for something that you're you're previous partner did. I find that sometimes we unconsciously take on someone else's behaviors because we feel responsible for what they do. And that's where you have to know that their pain isn't your problem. So we have to understand what it is that we are holding space about feeling guilty. Like we we really got to get clear on what that means so we can navigate that properly. I think another thing is accepting that no matter what you think should have happened, it won't change. And that's a hard one because it's not about being heartless either. Let me be clear, especially people who care. This isn't about being a heartless person. It's about reallocating your energy. 
Because the more you focus on something that can't change, you can't give your energy towards something that you can change, which goes into the next point. So when you understand that you can't change this, it helps you go into what can I change? What can I do? Because I do believe in in overcoming guilt. There has to be an action to separate yourself from that emotion, right? So because when you do that, you are able to see yourself beyond this. You're able to plan beyond the future. You're able to design a new life. That's an opportunity for a fresh start for you. It it frees you, like I said, from an everlasting punishment. Because you have to ask yourself this question, how will remaining connected to guilt serve me now and in the future? You got to know, you got to ask yourself, what are you gaining and what are you losing by staying in this energy of guilt? Right. So because we want to make it be temporary, we don't want to make it be permanent. So acknowledging it is a good thing, but we don't want to stay in that energy. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to gain by staying here? And then also, what are we losing? So that way you can give yourself the ability to say, you know what, it'll be okay. Because when you sit here, when you stay in that energy, you're affirming that over your life. And I always tell people, always think about someone you love that feels guilty about something. What would you say to them? What would be your advice to them? A lot of us are very compassionate about the people we love, but we seldom give ourselves that same type of compassion. You know, we'll be like, you, sh- you know, you're, you're a great person. Like, it'll be OK. Like we, we affirm it. Like, think about your children who might feel guilty about something that happened at school or with their friends. I mean, your goal is to you, you extend so much compassion to them. You got to give yourself that same unconditional love. So in a practical sense, if you were feeling guilty about the divorce from, say, your children because of the impact that it has on your children, feeling that it makes their life harder because they have to go between two houses and dealing with the logistics of that. Do you have any practical suggestions for strategies for overcoming that guilt? Well, one of the things that I I challenge people to do is understand why the marriage was dissolved in the first place. Again, when we think about marriage, we think about fulfilling a promise and breaking that promise seems to bring some forth of guilt. But when we look at maybe the dynamics, the, the overall scope of the marriage, if you stay, would it have benefited the kids long term? So we have to think long term in terms of how they would be mentally, emotionally, academically, all those things. Because maybe we're looking at it from a surface level, but I challenge people to go a little bit more deeper in terms of what was your children being exposed to on a daily basis. I also believe in strategies of keeping open lines of communication with your children, allowing your kids a safe space to talk, because guess what? They have feelings. They don't need to know all the details of your marriage. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. It's, you know, reserving space for their feelings and for them to be validated. But like, you know, they can come to you and say, hey, you know, this living between the two houses, is, it, it really exhausts me. And you can listen to them and hear them say that and acknowledge, I hear that you're saying that this is hard. I'm sorry that this is hard for you. Mm-hmm. What could we do to make it easier? Correct. And I think that's where co-parenting would be beneficial if both parents can be civil and put the kids in the focus and not make them be in the middle. So that would be so that's like working at committing at I'm going to make my my children's lives easier by really committing to, to doing what I can to co-parent and to shielding them from the conflict between me and my ex and be present for that. Correct. And, and that's a game changer because one of the things that actually my daughter and I talked about the other day 
because her father and I, we've been divorced over 10 years. And one of the things that she does like is the fact that, you know, we are cordial. We haven't always been the best of friends, but we've never like, we never argued in front of them either. But, you know, being that it's been 10 years, we've gotten much better. And my daughter has always seen that part. She's always, she's never seen us in conflict, but she said that makes her life better in knowing that that's not our dynamic. So I think what people also have to understand is that when when kids see both parents get along, that gives them a level of ease. It, it, it takes a lot of stress off them. It helps them focus more. It helps them know how to manage relationships too. So you're teaching your children a lot of different things. So I would definitely do that. But I also think the number one goal in both parents is to do their work so that way they can co-parent successfully. Right, right. And just to echo what you said, I've been divorced now for like 16 years, but mm-hmm. my ex and I were able, both like my kids' high school graduations, we went to the ceremony. We didn't travel together, but we sat next to each other. And like college graduations, we went and had lunch together with the kids. And the kids have actually said to me, you know, mom, that makes such a big difference because we're not juggling two different parents' schedules. And none of my friends' parents do it that way, but it makes my life so much easier. Right. Because you sometimes put them in the middle to choose. And that's when it becomes hard because they love both of you all equally. And it puts them in a, a very complicated position. And so... I understand. My son, he's he just he turned 20 last year. And this was the first time we all sat and had dinner together because their dad lived out of state. He just moved back to where we live. And we all went out and he said, I've never we've never done that before. And that's all he wanted for his birthday. And he was 20. Yeah. Yeah. So I think (laughs) you're making that commitment to really keep working at co-parenting and recognizing that actually you know, that doesn't, it doesn't stop when they graduate from high school. Sorry. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It doesn't. Like, it just, it continues. And I was like, okay. Cause he said, that's what he wanted. And um, I said, okay. And I had never done that before. And, you know, it, it didn't matter. It was about what he wanted and what he desired. And that wasn't something that, you know, that was a commitment that I actually could do. And I wanted to do it. And he was very happy. And I think when you can do that for your children, that does help overcome that feeling guilty about the end of the marriage and that the children have two homes and it's not going to be a conventional family anymore. One last question for you, Tosha. Sure. Do you think the reality is that no matter how much work you do, there might always be a tiny little bit of guilt from your divorce? Hmm, That's a good question. I've said that to a lot of the people that I've worked with who've said, you know, I feel feel guilty. And oftentimes, it, it, you know, it, it's tied up with the idea of marriage and those expectations. And they've said, I think there's a lot you can do, but I don't know that it's realistic to think you can. I would say to an extent from from a personal perspective, I think there could be, especially when it comes to your children. Yeah. Right. Because we still navigate certain conversations. My daughter, she's 15. And so there was a conversation that I had to have to her about like the holidays. So there's this thing of, okay, one kid may get something that you didn't get. And so it's that it's that stuff that you have to be like, okay, you know, and the guilt for me comes in maybe of I don't like her feeling that way. Yeah. 
you know, so as mama bear, right, I want to protect that. But at the same time, I also knew being together just wasn't the best decision. Um, I actually didn't regret my decision. I just didn't like the impact of what it caused. You know, that was the part that I would say, you know, is was always the thing. So like when they didn't have access to their dad for and when I say access, he lived in a he was like five hour flight away from here. So their access to him was limited. That did bring guilt for me. Um, It brought more than guilt, but guilt was one of them. And so those were the things that when it came to my children, there was some forms, there was some guilt there in different stages and depending on certain things that we needed to navigate through. However, the best thing I can give my kids is an open space because my daughter, she's probably more open than my son. My son's in therapy now. He finally decided to go to therapies 20, which is good. But my daughter, she's 15. And so she talks to me about a lot of things and he does too. But, you know, I, I think it's best that he goes to therapy too to get a different where it's not biased or anything like that. But my daughter, she talks to me and I have to navigate these conversations, which I'm okay with because I also, this also helps me help my clients right? and knowing how to do this too. So that's the thing. Cause I, I tell you that whole Christmas thing that we just had and she just, she had a, she had an attitude about certain things and we I had to talk to her about how this works. And also in her expressing her concern to her dad, that's important to me too. I don't want to always be in the middle of explaining things because she's 15 now. I want to teach her how to learn, how to express herself, because that's important. And it teaches her to know that her feelings are valid. It gives her a place to validate herself. And so we navigated it. After that, she felt really good about it. She was glad she had the conversation and all was well. And I felt better because of that. And therefore, I was able to release the guilt because I had to make a change. I had to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So we're kind of out of time, but I'm hearing that, that working on your guilt can be, it's an ongoing process and it's going to come up and maybe bite you when you're not expecting it. Like suddenly, think, oh, wow, yes, there is still some guilt there. And mm-hmm. then you can retrace your steps and I go back to right at the very beginning where you shared with us so beautifully that feeling guilty is, is not bad because that shows that you have empathy and you have compassion mm-hmm. and we all need to embrace ourselves with grace absolutely tanya thank you so so much for joining us today it has been a true pleasure talking to you thank you so much listeners my guest today was tanya carter a relationship exit strategist tanya helps women navigate the process of uncoupling focusing on helping them to detach from a previous experience Tanya is a firm believer that we all have the right to move forward and to create a new life that we might never have imagined we could pass. You can find out more about Tanya at her website, tanyacarter.com. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show. 
please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned. Thank you.